Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange, something paranormal, like Bigfoot, a UFO, or a ghost, and you want to share your story, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. I want to mention again, we used to have a call-in line for the show for people to call in and leave messages. I let that number lapse. We no longer have that phone number. Whoever has that phone number now is not associated with Strange Familiars in any way. There is no phone number for the podcast other than my personal cell phone number, which I only give to people when we need to talk. The way to contact us is through Gmail, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. We got two stories tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to start off talking with Kelly, who has another story of disembodied legs. Do you think we'll find a rash of like disembodied other body parts at some point? I know I've heard disembodied torso, so where someone just saw the, like, the torso of a Bigfoot mm-hmm. walking. I think this is our third report of disembodied legs running now. What about hands? I mean, mean, besides (laughs) the monsters. (laughs) That would be the Adams family. The Adams family. (laughs) Uh, There are reports of hairy hands manifesting in seances. Oh, yes, the unseen hand. Yes. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Yeah, we'll see. But we're definitely getting these disembodied legs. What a bizarre thing to see. Well, to me, it makes perfect sense, actually. Because if you think of ghost or apparitions is potentially just sort of a, a lapse in the space-time continuum and you're like kind of dialing in a frequency you don't always get the channel perfectly and so maybe not everything's coming through maybe or as you said when we were talking about single bigfoot prints showing up like just the left foot or something mm-hmm. it's very poignant i mentioned this in the interview that you said this because it seems so pertinant it's like something's half here yeah half not <laughs> very very interesting. it is and it isn't after we talk to Kelly, we're going to be talking to Tyler, who has a bunch of like UFO and orb encounters, and then a pretty harrowing encounter with an entity which showed up in his friend's house when he was sleeping there. Let's go ahead and talk with Kelly. Tonight we're speaking with Kelly, who has a short story about disembodied legs for us. I'm really, really excited to get this because we've been getting a few other stories about this, Kelly. 
just go ahead and give us as much background as is necessary for the story and no pun intended, walk right into it. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So I was either 16 or 17, which, oh gosh, I didn't think to figure out the year. It would have probably been 2000, maybe 2001. So right around there, but um, I was, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and my best friend lived in a little piece of land along a river that was also passed by a major interstate, I-65. And actually, no, it wasn't I-65. It's been so long since I've been there. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) Oh, no worries. Anyway, the name of the road was Old Rocky Ridge Road, and um, you had to drive relatively slowly because um, it was very, very windy, like to the point of if you were not careful, you were going to fly off the road. But I remember I was crossing over the bridge that went over the interstate, and right as I came off of the bridge, it was dark also, in my headlights this little pair of legs ran across the road, just like in the blink of an eye. It was so fast because, you know, even though I was going slow for old Rocky Ridge Road, I mean, like, I am, I feel like it's still got to be really fast to, you know, cross through the headlights of a car going like even 20 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. But it was the, the headlights sort of hit it and lit it up. It was like a vaguely glowing green color. And it was like a little pair of like very chubby cherubic type legs and a butt, which sounds so ridiculous. (laughs) Um, But I could see it in my mind's eye. And uh, like I've thought about it. And like I, I visited Birmingham a couple times since I left the city and I, I rode down that same road and, just, you know, nothing happened. And it was just kind of like a, I remember going and like getting to my friend's house that lived off of that road and telling her, and I think she just laughed about it and was just kind of like, ha ha ha. Oh, you're so silly. Or, you know, like whatever. Right. Um, Cause we were teenagers and, you know, we did a lot of silly things. So. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing that more and more people are contacting me about. Like not, not, not exactly the same as, you know, right. so some of them are saying hairy Bigfoot like legs. Some of them are saying like human like legs. And that now these green legs, now were they, do they look like they belong to a very short person? Yes. I mean, they looked, they weren't like stunted legs or anything. It mm-hmm. looked like it would have been, oh gosh. Like I want to say that it would have been like two two and a half feet tall maybe. If you could see its whole body, mm-hmm. or just no, the legs like those, just the legs, the okay. legs and the and the bottom portion. Okay, um, gotcha. If it had the whole thing, I don't know, maybe like f- four foot. Okay, maybe a little smaller. It's so hard to judge. Like mm-hmm. how you know how how, yeah. how do you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, like I did. I I hope it isn't a problem. I called it into um, Monsters Among Us. Uh, oh, no, like, no, no. That's, uh, I know you guys talk and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago, and since then, somebody wrote in a letter that said that they saw something similar, but it was the whole thing, and they thought it was a puckwudgie. Mm. But I really don't know. Yeah. But every time I hear a story, 
on one of these podcasts that I listened to, yours included, where people talk about like uh, disembodied legs, I am like, you know, I get goose pimples, just chills. And it's not like it was a, you know, scary encounter or anything, Mm -hmm. but just sort of like the, this is the most ridiculous thing that has happened to me, but like other people have experienced similar things and it, it's so validating to hear other people talk about it. Yeah. It's so, so, like I said, it's, it's just so completely ridiculous that you wonder if it's not. So if there is some sort of intelligence behind this stuff, is this just a way to just simply to mess with people? You know, like, (laughs) like let's show them this. No one will ever believe them, you know, when they tell this story. It's so bizarre. So were the legs naked in appearance? Yeah, they were naked. Mm -hmm. I did not see any kind of private parts or anything, so I couldn't tell you. But I really feel like the one thing that stands out to me is the fact that it was in my headlights. But like I could clearly see like a rounded over top to it. It's almost like, um, like it wasn't like a gaping wound or anything or it didn't fade out. It was like I saw the top top of the bottom half of something oh interesting very weird but then I also think a lot like while I was going over a bridge and I was next to a river and all of these other things it just kind of feels like it adds up and I don't know like it feels important but it doesn't it doesn't mean anything at the same time so like I I don't know that is the sort of element of the ridiculous that is sometimes baked into this stuff i feel it's just you know some people say trickster i think that term gets thrown around pretty easily so i i you know i tend not to use it but i i get i think there's a tricksterish element to it the reason i don't use it is because i think people imagine there's like one thing playing tricks on Mm. people but i think in general there's an element of that kind of yeah kind of tricksterish uh notion to this stuff where it just you know, is it met? What, and was that messing with you, or was that just like was it just there? And it just yeah. yeah. My last idea that that I can think of, especially with halves of things, is like we talk about the lifting of the veil, and I don't think people mean it literally most of the time. But when we're talking about halves of things or disembodied like parts of a body, like whether it's a head or limbs or whatever. I mean, like it, it almost feels like there's a literally a veil covering up the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Like we're only getting a peek of something because we've only tuned in or allowed to see or whatever, just that little bit. Yes. And then, yeah. Yeah. My wife on a recent episode made a, a very astute observation. We were talking about uh, single bo- Bigfoot tracks found or people will find just Ooh. like just the right foot or just the left foot. Yeah. And she said, well, isn't that appropriate that it's half here and half not? And, <laughs> yeah. and it's this is kind of like the same thing with what you yeah. saw. It's, it's kind of half here and half not. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Very, very strange. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Well, thanks for taking it. I'm really excited to hear more whenever they get on the air or whatever. I guarantee we'll get more stories of people seeing the same thing. We always do. That's the most fascinating thing about the more bizarre the stories get, I'm more blown away. As people say, yeah, I've seen that too, or something like it, you know? Yeah. So very, well, thank very you again. Oh, thank you for it. sharing. Thank you so much.
It's a great time to explore your creativity and to learn new things, which means it's a great time for Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes that can help you explore your creativity and keep you inspired. I actually just took a Skillshare class, Mastering Illustration, Sketching, Inking, and Color Essentials, taught by Josiah Jazza Brooks. So I'm already an illustrator. I already do illustrations. But it's always nice, I think, to check in and kind of brush up your skills or learn new skills. He did things a little bit differently than I did and actually came away with some ideas. Even though I'm already doing illustration, there's always room to learn and grow. I like the fact that it's not like a Zoom call that you have to get into at specifically 7 p.m. on a Monday night. It's like, I'm totally bored and I need something to help motivate me to get something done. I find watching other people talk about their skills or learn new skills, or learn new skills is really helpful. They have tons of different topics over at Skillshare. You can get two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today. You head to Skillshare.com strange. You'll get unlimited access, thousands of inspiring classes, hands-on projects from a community of millions. Again, that's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com strange. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Okay, so now we're going to talk with Tyler. Again, he's got a bunch of UFO encounters, seen a bunch of different lights and orbs and airplanes that don't seem to fly like regular airplanes. They sort of defy what airplanes should be able to do. And then he has this really intense entity encounter that showed up when he was sleeping over at his friend's house. It's bad enough just trying to find the bathroom at someone else's house. Now you got to deal with an entity. Exactly. <laughs> Tonight we're talking with Tyler, who has a possible extraterrestrial encounter and some other stories to share with us. How are you doing tonight, Tyler? All right. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So as comfortable as you're willing, when and where did this happen? You don't have to be All specific right. if you don't want to get real specific. So I live in central New York or upstate New York, depending on who you're talking to at the time. The earliest stuff happened around junior high, and that was just sort of lights in the sky type of deal. And I can go into that first. Yeah, start with the earliest stuff, and we'll work toward the latest stuff. So I'd say the first ever thing, I was at a friend's house. He lives on the outskirts of the same city. 
and like it's I wouldn't quite call it country, but it's definitely rural. Like right across the road, there's a farm with horses and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. No street lights type of deal. You're like out there, out there. So we were outside just playing around at nighttime like kids do. And I'd say about 20 feet above our heads, we see this really, really bright light, but it's only shining in one direction. It comes from the woods over his house and then goes in a straight line across the road and then behind the tree line where we can't see it. And the really odd thing about this was it was coming from somewhere. There were two lights pointing straight forward, and they looked like car headlights. But they were a good, like I said, 20 feet above our heads. It made absolutely no sound as it moved over us. And being kids, we joked about it being the car from Harry Potter, because that's what it looked like. It looked like there was a car up there. Oh, wow. Did you see any sort of like craft or structure, or did you just see the lights? Just the lights. If there was a structure there, it was too dark to see it. I don't remember there being any stars out, so it might have been overcast. Not 100% sure if there was anything there. You could see what appeared to be headlights and the light coming from them. And that was the first encounter. And we didn't really think anything of it. We sort of played it off and joked about it. And that was about it. I'd say the second encounter was also at his house. A lot of these encounters happen at his house. There's a weird precedent for things happening out there. Mm-hmm. And people get weird, eerie feelings. Things go missing, that type of deal. Uh, You hear weird noises at night. But other than that, it's mostly harmless. And I'd say this was a couple years later. I was outside in the middle of the night, and he was inside going to the bathroom. And he was going to come back out, and we were going to go ghost hunting. We never caught anything except for orbs, and we were out in the country, so chances are it was pollen or bugs or that type of thing. So I'm out there, and from my right, a big, I'd say about the size of a yoga ball, sphere. It was bright red on the outside and a lighter pink almost on the inside, like a gradient, sort of. Mm -hmm. It zooms from... It's in the tree line, and it zooms in a straight line from my right to my left. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't weave in and out of trees. It's extremely light, but it doesn't cast anything on the trees that it's going past. It doesn't kick up any leaf litter or anything like that. And I thought that was strange because it was fall and there were tons of leaves back there. You couldn't move without making a sound. About how far away was this one? Um, 
I was right at the front of his house, and it was right behind, and his house butts right up to the woods. I'd say maybe maybe 30 feet. Oh, it's close. That's pretty close. One, Yeah, 25 to 30. I got a real good look at this thing. Wow. Now, how long before he came back out? Uh, I'd say 10, 15 minutes. Were you afraid at all or just kind of amazed at what you saw? I was just amazed and a little bummed out that he wasn't there because mm-hmm. he probably thought it was a joke or something like that. Like, wow, I saw a light, even though we've seen things out there together. And like I said, there's this weird precedent for stuff happening out there. Right. Yeah. He probably was like, oh, yeah, he saw a big yoga ball floating around. <laughs> it was about, it was like four feet off the ground, too. It wasn't very high, mm-hmm. but it just sort of at maybe a running pace went from my right to my left. Was there any bounce to the movement or was it fairly it straight? It was pretty straight. I would say it kept level with the ground. Mm-hmm. So when the ground dipped, it dipped a little bit. Gotcha. But other than that, no bounce or movement. It didn't have any shake to it like a person carrying a lantern or anything like that. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no way a person could make a beeline straight through those trees. Right. Because right. they'd have to weave in and out. But this thing, I didn't see it go through a tree. I didn't see like a tree half in or half out of it. Mm-hmm. It just went straight. So I'm not 100% sure how it could do that. But it did. Again, the next encounter is out at his house. This time, thankfully, I had my mother, his mother, and his sister's witness. We were out in his yard, and we were looking at, uh, I think it was the Lyrid meteor shower. Mm-hmm. It must have been sometime in April. We were in the back of a pickup truck that we laid sheets down in front of, and uh, we were watching the meteor shower. And I look at the tree line. And you know how when you're in the city, you see that big glow, or in the country, rather, where you see that big glow of the city? Yeah, oh yeah. I was looking at that, and all of a sudden I see what appears to be a star dip down below the tree line, then dip back up, then dip down, and then back up. So I'm staring at it for a minute, and just sort of trying to make sure it's not the trees moving and looking at the other stars around it and making sure that they're not like dipping below and it's not some sort of like optical illusion. Right. And then I tell the others and they can see it. And then my friend's mother says, there's another one and there's two of them doing this, not at the same time, but at different times going up and down and moving slightly 
beneath the tree line where we can't see them and above the tree line. So it's almost like a a waveform. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. They'll go up and then they'll move and they'll go down and they'll move and they'll go up and move. It's very odd. So we... And these both just look like stars other than the fact that they were moving. Yes. They were indistinguishable from the other stars around them. Yeah, I saw something similar. It just looked like a you know big star or maybe a, a planet or something. And it was moving, but it it was moving in a a like a prescribed the way I describe it is like someone bouncing a basketball. It was about mm-hmm. at that speed and sort of in you know in in place bouncing a basketball. So it was just going in the in the same trackway back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I saw that one night. We went out to Toad Road to actually like Bigfoot hunt, basically. And while we're out there, we saw this, and I I've yet to explain that. But yours had some horizontal movement as well as vertical. Yes. Mm-hmm. A trackway is a good way to describe it because that's how they moved, but with horizontal movement. Mm-hmm. And it must have been some way because we could see them move. Like physically, they were really, really far away, or at least they appeared to be. So it must have been like extreme vertical and horizontal movement. Right. Yeah. So we watched those pretty much until we were tired of watching them. We stopped watching the meteor shower and just watched those. And they didn't stop. They just kept going and we're like, we're tired. Let's go inside. So... That was that. Then the next encounter, high school, I'd say October-ish, sometime around there. I'm outside waiting for the bus, and I see what appears to be an airplane in the sky, which really isn't like uncommon around here. Uh, but I see the directional lights, the green and the red. So it moves behind a pine tree at a regular plane speed and then sort of jackknifes behind the tree. I can't really see it, but the way that it maneuvers isn't possible for a plane. Mm-hmm. It sort of jackknifes down at an extreme angle and then comes back out from behind the pine tree and then goes straight down. Like, almost... It it was a, like, straight drop. Like, I would... If it was a plane, I would have heard about that on the news somewhere. Um, And this was a daytime setting? This was also nighttime. Oh, okay. Well early morning like in october so like around 6 7 a.m mm-hmm. so pretty much nighttime especially here in the northern hemisphere right yeah so that was that and i think that was it for a while at least for a couple years until the what I'll call 
the extraterrestrial encounter because I have absolutely no idea what it was. I like to call myself a skeptic, even though I surround myself with the paranormal. Mm-hmm. I find it extremely interesting. And it doesn't mean I necessarily believe in all of it, but I just love learning about it and can't explain this thing. I've looked for answers and I've sort of avoided. I'll listen to your podcast and I'll avoid the extraterrestrial encounters (laughs) so I don't muddy the water when it comes to my own because I know memory can be a fickle thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. So I was out at my friend's house yet again and I was sleeping on the couch because he's an awful snorer. Like, insane. So I was on the couch watching TV in the living room. And right next to the living room, there's a kitchen. And it's there's no wall. There's like a little partition between it that's a counter. And that's it. There's two couches. My mother's on the couch against the counter. And I'm on the couch with my back against the front of the house. And right behind me is the door. So I'm watching TV and just not really paying attention to what's going on. And the TV gives the 10 minutes. And the TV's going to turn off because power save. Okay, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm not up for finding the remote right now. And right about the time the TV shuts off, I'm listening to his wall clock, one of the ones with the pendulums in it that you have to wind up. Mm -hmm. And it stops mid-swing. I'm like, okay. That's a little creepy, but his dad probably forgot to wind it up tonight right? or something like that. And I'd say about three minutes later, I hear a hum, a very mechanical hum. For reference, I thought it might have been a car or something pulling into his driveway mm-hmm. because on those country roads... Uh, without any street light, you're going down. There's no left or right. So you got to pull into someone's driveway and pull out to turn around. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't uncommon. So I thought maybe it was that, an older car. It was this very weird hum to not be associated with the car. But anyways, that stops. And I hear what sounds like footsteps on his porch, which is directly behind me. They don't necessarily sound like a person there. There was some sort of like scratchiness to them, almost like a dog's, where you get that like scuffle when they move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was fine with me also. Still a little creepy, but I don't really get spooked easily. 
and I sort of brushed it aside as maybe a coyote or a raccoon got onto the porch and was just looking for somewhere to hunker down for the night. Mm -hmm. So this is when I start to get really scared. There's a small tree right next to his porch. And on that tree, there's wind chimes. And I haven't heard these wind chimes go off all night because they're the big, heavy, like metal ones that are those long metal tubes. So all of a sudden, I hear them clank. It's not the, oh, something brushed off or the wind went through it. It's as if someone took two of them in their hands and twanged them together. It's a very different sound. Yeah, yeah. So, so this that, is not like the wooden striker hitting them. It's like the, the tubes hitting them each other. Yeah. The tubes hit themselves. Mm-hmm. And there was that... It, it's hard to describe because when two tubes hit each other, there's that reverberation. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't there as if someone was holding them. Oh, there's interesting. A sharp clink. Right, right. So they're not like... Um, yeah, so they're, they're not having that chance to ring out. Yeah. Yeah, being muted as if something's holding it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started to freak out a little bit. I'm sitting there, just sort of on the couch, freaked out. Everybody in the house is asleep. And that's when I get this thing. It's really, really hard for me to describe. But I'll do it the best I can. It was... Is that feeling you get when someone's looking at you mm-hmm. and then you turn around and someone actually is looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. I got that from four different points outside of the house. So I'm there on the couch and then all of a sudden I feel like someone's looking at me from the front, back and left and right of the house. Oh, wow. So it's almost as if I can feel someone there, but there's no way I could. So at this point, I really start to freak out. And I can feel something in my head. I know it sounds crazy. And for someone who claims to be a skeptic, it's real, real out there. But... This is what I experienced. So it feels like there's something, someone else in my head, sort of looking around. And I'm screaming in my head, not out loud, but like mm-hmm. in my head as loud as I can to stop or get out or pretty much anything I can come up with at the time. Now, are you in a sort of sleep paralysis at this point, or are you fairly otherwise mobile? I can move my head. And I have talked with some people, and they've said, you can move your head with sleep paralysis, or you can't move your head with sleep paralysis. So I'm not quite sure. Mm -hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, I was awake. Right, yeah. Well, at the moment, as far as I'm concerned, because I'm not so sure now. 
No, I get it. These things are very, it's very hard to talk about them and it's very hard to define these things. Mm -hmm. And I feel them rooting around in my head and scream as loud as I can at the top of my, well, not lungs because it's all inside my head. But then all of a sudden it stops. Everything goes quiet. I don't feel as if anyone's outside the house. And then I move my head to look in the kitchen because I feel that again, that there's someone there. And peering over the table are these two huge black eyes. And to sort of give you an idea, uh, if you put your hand flat above the bridge of your nose, that's about how much of this thing I saw. It was like half of the eyes, like the eyebrows and the top of the head. It was a very, very round head. There didn't seem to be any like blemishes or hair or anything like that. It was a little wrinkly, but just where you would get like the forehead mm-hmm. wrinkles. And it had these really big eye sockets that I haven't seen in traditional alien sort of encounters. Right. Or depictions. Yeah, illustrations uh, and so forth. Yeah. It was extremely white. Like, no, there was no mistaking, like, oh, maybe it was gray or it was this. And it had a glow. This, I equate it to that halo that the moon gets around it. Mm-hmm. It was very odd, just the glow around it. So as soon as I see this thing, it goes from what I'm assuming is a crouch because it's behind the table and goes from the crouch into a leap or a sprint straight out the sliding glass door. And that leads right to the backyard. And it does this either without opening or closing the back door, or it opened and closed it without making a sound. Did it pause as if to open it, or did it just go? It just went. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, entirely sure what happened there. When it raised up or moved, did it? Did, could you get an estimate of its height? No, because it went straight from... It was almost like a sprinter mm-hmm. went from the crouch into the leap. Mm-hmm. And there was no standing and then moving. And was the body, you know, vaguely humanoid, like two arms, two legs? Uh, I didn't get a really good look at it because it was so close to the door. Mm-hmm. But if I had to guess, I would have said yes. And all white, the whole body? Yes. And glowing as well. It didn't appear to have any different, like, colors or patterns on it or clothing. Mm-hmm. 
it just went from they just crouched to out the door. And the only reason I knew it was crouching is because when it went into that sprint, it raised up. There was an angle to it. Right. Yeah. What did you do after this? Were you, um, were you awake or what, what happened? I was awake. I stayed awake all night long until the sun came up. Interesting. Very uh, interesting. Then I woke my mom up, which isn't an easy task. She is an extremely heavy sleeper. I don't know if you've known anyone that you can like really like just pull completely out of bed and drag him around. But <laughs> that's how she slept. And I woke her up and then was like, we need to go home now. And she drove me home. And that was it for a while. Well, when you I didn't go back. When you were laying there and you said you were you were screaming in your head, did you get the impression that you would have been able to actually scream and you were you didn't want to wake your mom up or you didn't you didn't want to for whatever reason or did you get the impression that you wouldn't have been able to actually make a sound i get the impression i wouldn't have been able to make a sound mm -hmm. i felt very like deer in headlights yeah yeah just completely frozen uh but i was as far as I'm concerned, a hundred percent awake. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of sleep paralysis, and and indeed a lot of entity encounters. You know, people just roll over and go back to sleep. So the fact that you didn't, to me, is sort of a check mark in the you were awake column. You know, mm -hmm. because I a hundred percent was so terrified that, and I don't scare easy, but this was easily the scariest moment of my life, even if it wasn't real. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. So I stayed awake until the sun came up. And then, like I said, I woke my mom up. We got out of there. I didn't come back for months, which was extremely odd for me because mm -hmm. I spent so much time out there. I spent like summers out there. I'd spend the night and that sort of thing. So my friend finally confronted me about it. He's like, hey, what's going on? You haven't been out here in a while. And then I gave him basically the rundown that I just gave you. And his only response was like, why didn't you come and wake me up? <laughs> and I was like, I, I couldn't do that. I don't think you understand like what went on. And since then, I've only told a couple of people. I've posted it anonymously online. Just to sort of see if I can get answers about it. Right. And I would really, really like answers about it because it's the oddest and scariest thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, I don't know that answers will ever be forthcoming as far as like, this is what it is. And, you know, this explains that. But we mm -hmm. may get some people who uh, email in and say, you know, I've seen the same thing. So you may hear people. You know, in the future, after your encounters on the show, you may hear people that have at least seen similar things. Well, uh, that's part of the reason why I emailed in was uh, there was an encounter that was eerily similar to me that had the same name.
the guy's name was Tyler, mm-hmm. and he had a white entity, I think, moving across the lawn, and he had seen orbs as well, and lights in the sky, I think, too. Yeah, if I remember correctly, he did, yeah. A little close to home, and I was like, eh, maybe I'll email in and see if anyone's seen what I have seen specifically, because I got a really good look at the top of this thing's head. Yeah, the fact that you, you said it was a very round head and those uh, sort of deep kind of eye sockets. Now, did you get the impression you were looking at the eyes or that the sockets were so deep that it just appeared black? There were 100% eyes mm-hmm. because the sockets were deep. It had like a very pronounced sort of brow ridge. Mm-hmm. The brow wasn't straight. It curved like the typical almond eyes you see but so, so they did have had, a shape you know that kind of almond shape the eyes yeah mm-hmm. um they were a bit rounder than the typical almond shape but came to a point they were black eyes and because this thing was self-illuminated i could see the eyes the eyes weren't themselves weren't illuminated mm-hmm. but the skin had this moon-like albedo glow to it right yeah that is creepy roughly what year was this entity encounter? oh this was around the end of high school i would say 2014 2015 okay yeah and you've had another incident since yeah it's nowhere near as intense as this one Mm mm-hmm I saw the plane again. I call it a plane mimic because that's what it looks like. It looks identical to an airplane, mm-hmm. but it was maybe, I'd say, two city blocks away from where I was when I saw it originally. And the opposite direction. So if I was looking, I'd say just about north this one was south and it does the exact same thing that the other one did except it goes straight up instead of straight down it moves oh and then there was nothing obscuring my vision this time so i saw it make the jackknife turn Mm -hmm. and it goes straight up and that's it did it go so far up that it just eventually went out of sight yep that's very interesting. And again, if it was a plane, I don't know what kind of plane it could have been or whatever, but it had the directional lights. It had the green and the red. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not unheard of, the, you know, UFOs that supposedly, you know, mimic the shape of planes and so forth. Like, which is, as a witness, it just makes it go right out the window because everybody's just going to say, well, you saw a plane. And then you try to explain... Well, no, it it wasn't. Yeah. And I'd say that's probably the number one reason for me not telling everyone I meet. Oh, I saw like an alien in my friend's kitchen or... Oh, sure. Yeah. It's because they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. And it sort of like discredits you to the person. Yeah. I mean, I've just because of what I do, I've become fairly fearless about, you know, and usually it's just because... 
I'm interested, you know, even off air, I'm interested in if anybody's had any weird encounters in their life. So I'm pretty fearless about asking people now. But before I did this, you know, as a fairly regular activity, as I do it, you know, weekly, uh, interviewing people and so forth, if not, if not more often than that, I didn't tell anybody. I just kept my mouth shut about that stuff. I didn't, you know, because it's just you're immediately a weirdo or disbelieved in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So in your life, outside of this one encounter with this entity, whatever it was, have you experienced sleep paralysis before or after? No. Interesting. I've never experienced sleep paralysis. In fact, when I would go over to my friend's house, I, would, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Like, even before this, mm-hmm. I always had a tough time sleeping in places like unfamiliar to me sure yeah so uh, i like when i would go out to this his house i like would sleep on and off one night and the other mm-hmm. so now, did he or anyone else that lives there ever report anything strange that happened like when when you weren't there yes not what i would consider or if we're putting things in a box is not what i would consider extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. but they've had a lot of paranormal stuff when his sister was first born well not first born but when they had just moved house and she was extremely young his mom was getting ready to heat up a bottle for him or for her rather right in the middle of the night and she walked through the kitchen and there was nothing there so she fed her the bottle came back through and then stepped in something wet and again this is her retelling me the story so i don't know how true it is well yeah yeah but she turns on the lights and there is an enormous pile of maggots like someone had taken one of those steel buckets and just dumped it in the middle of the floor, like a mound. They were wow. on top of each other. Whew, that's and disturbing. She looked around for, like, if they could have come in from anywhere. And when they cleaned them up, they tried to see if there was, like, a dead animal inside or, like, a mouse or something that had gotten into the house. And there was absolutely no reason for them to have been there. His mom also reported that her bed would shake just Mm -hmm. randomly in the middle of the night as if someone was like if like the house is on fire and someone's trying to wake you up without touching you right yeah that sort of thing one time when my mother was out there she went to reach for the door handle because she was about to go home and the door handle turned by itself (laughs) she got real freaked out and had to have my friend's dad go out with her to the car. I don't blame her. And uh, he had a baseball bat, just in case. Yeah, I don't blame her one bit on that. But that's... I'm not surprised this other activity is happening around this property. It sounds like there's something, you know, that has to do with this property. The fact that it takes the form of what appears to be, you know, UFOs at, at some point, and then other times it's like poltergeisty stuff doesn't really surprise me at all it doesn't surprise me that that they're all occurring in the same place do they still live on this property 
Yes. And you still visit? Uh, no, we sort of had a falling out a couple of years ago. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but it, it's just a very weird property. Yeah, it sounds uh, like it. They believe that it has followed them. They said that their last house was haunted. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a house haunting. That sounds like a person type of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, sometimes poltergeist activity will follow people. Sometimes it is the people. I don't know. And then the, it's the big question mark, you know, or are certain people just sort of attracted to these places where, yeah. you know, even subconsciously they move from one place to another. But no, that's very, very interesting. I'm super interested. I'm I'm hoping we'll get some more stories of uh, encounters with whatever you saw. I do too, because uh, this one has definitely stumped me. I don't know if it was sleep paralysis. I don't know if there was an alien. I don't know if it's a mixture of the two. I don't know. I told my friend's mom. She said it was a ghost. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if there's a distinction between that or it's something in between. Yeah, I don't know either. You know, I mean, like I, yeah, I don't have any answers anymore. And I, I feel like they're all related. You know, that's the only thing I can say, how they're all related. I don't know. Have you seen uh, illustrations online or, you know, there's some photographs that, that claim to be these things of what people are calling rakes? Yes, I've seen those. Was it something like that? The top of the head was sort of similar mm-hmm. and how it's got the deep set eyes mm-hmm. the, the eyes were a very different shape it was not how rakes appear emaciated it looked very healthy for whatever it was oh okay i'm actually like attempting to paint it right now like what i've seen mm-hmm. i think the closest anyone's ever got that like makes me uncomfortable is apologize if i get the name wrong but david huggins i believe that's his name he paints them too oh, okay and he's got a whole story about how there's like hybrids that take him out into the woods and do stuff to him and it's a it's a bit out there for me I think I've run across the story before or else somebody might have pointed me to his story before, I think. Because that sounds familiar. Because he paints the the entities that he has relationships with, I think, right? Yes, but there are smaller ones that look sort of like the traditional greys. And I think they have, like, coveralls on. And they look very similar, but without the um, socket. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get the painting um, done and you want to share it with us, let me know. We can share it with everybody. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. I'm not the greatest painter in the world. I don't think I'm even very good, but I'll definitely get it out there just to see if... Yeah, well, but you're the one who me. saw it, so you may be the best person to translate it, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you. Tyler, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Yeah, thank you for having me on. So last week's episode, Through the Haunted Forest, Part 3. Then we dropped Through the Haunted Forest, Part 4 for patrons. 
And that's where Chad and I went back to Harry Springs, had some pretty intense encounters, recorded a huff from something. Sounds like a gorilla huff to me, but uh, who knows? We saw some lights and a shadowy figure. And we drove on up to Big Pond Furnace, which is, I don't know, half mile away from Harry Springs. We went up there just to check out the Iron Furnace because, you know, I'm, I'm interested yeah. in these Iron Furnaces and expected our night of spookiness to be over. But Chad went one way and I went the other way, uh, kind of walking away from the furnace while he walked towards it. And something right ahead of me snapped a tree, a big old tree, turned me right around. That was a patron episode through the Haunted Forest Part 4. You get to hear all of that and close to 60 other patron episodes whenever you sign up. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's all different levels of support there from the basic level where you get the bonus episodes every month to getting things like t-shirts and stickers and pins and copies of my books and more. Check it out at Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon, you can go to strangefamiliars.com. Look in the show notes under any episode. Look for a paypal.me link. You can click on that and leave a one-time donation. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, by liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews, which helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. Puppies much like men, can be wild, crazy whirlwinds of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> You're going with men and not children for that one. Yeah, I think so. Oh, Just today. Okay. <laughs> 90 days to the perfect puppy can help with that. Do you know why, Tim? They can help you develop the perfect relationship with your puppy, making you and your puppy perfect for each other. 90 days to the perfect puppy. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. They've got Online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group, one-on-one options are available. If you need help with potty training for your dog. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope so. Fear, nervousness, barking, chewing on furniture or shoes, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. The most important thing perhaps that 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can teach you is what not to do. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods to help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Look for that 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. I want to thank Taria Kay for her PayPal donation. Thank you so much. This is a huge help with the show. We have a really cool photo of the week. Yeah, I had this period of time where I collected sort of like proto-goth girls. (laughs) Is that period of time ended? No. (laughs) (laughs) Just pivoted. This lady is from the early proto-goth collecting days, and she is swathed in a lot of black lace. Yes. Very, very cool. She looks very mysterious. It's like a sort of a three-quarter profile view with she has very light eyes that are sort of very perfectly captured by the photographer in this photo which hails from salem not massachusetts but the slightly less spooky salem ohio (laughs) i'm sure salem ohio has its own spookiness yeah that's true i think she would be great for strange familiars yeah she's awesome i don't know a thing about her she's not identified um 
were there any 1800s issues of propaganda she could have <laughs> been a model in, yeah. in that in ye old propaganda magazine <laughs> this is a cabinet card it is it is identified as the photographer being spencer yes mm -hmm. i forget when cabinet cards came to vogue so i'm not going to guess on the date this week i'm going to let you estimate it she's probably late 1880s early 1890s it's hard to tell because not everyone was totally swathed in black lace, so it's hard to use it's her true. costuming as a it's true. as a dating guide. Is she possibly in mourning? Or... The thing is, like, I don't even know definitively if this is black lace. I mean, a lot of things turn to a darker color um, during the process that might not have even been... I would think probably not. I think she's just very special. She's just... Uh, eccentric. Yes. <laughs> or bolts of lace were on sale. That's true. Yes. If it was from Pennsylvania, I would. She was Pennsylvania Dutch. I would say absolutely. It was just something that was on sale. But since she's from Salem, Ohio, and I don't know if there's a. She looks like a very exotic. She could be a medium or something. She does. She looks like a yeah. She very much looks like a medium. Let's just say she's a medium. <laughs> Until proven otherwise. Proto goth girl photo. You can find it in the show notes. If you go to this episode at strangefamiliars.com, there will be an image of this photograph you can click on that it'll take you right to our etsy shop where you can purchase her for thirty dollars for her for an antique photograph from the 1800s i really like this one also in our etsy shop you can find copies of my books you can find strange familiars awoken tree t-shirts with the classic tree logo you can find lots of original art in there from me all different price ranges very soon we'll be having more antique photographs i have a antique photography section so we'll have our featured photo of the week but we'll have more photographs in there and we just added a ruck rabbit outdoors section what's ruck rabbit outdoors you may be asking i actually know <laughs> <laughs> it's chad's biz yeah ruck rabbit outdoors is chad and it, it's things related to bushcrafting and things chad has created to go with the woodsman aesthetic and so forth he made these michaud woods runner kits it's like a ferro rod and a striker he had his friend tom make them with an antler handle and a bundle of kindling piece of iron slag from harry springs and a little of course buffalo plaid bag <laughs> he put together six of those so those are up there right now i think half of them are gone we also have ruck rabbit outdoors patches and i think we're going to be adding his t-shirts as well you support chad you support strange familiars support rabbits <laughs> You are supporting at least a rabbit with every purchase yes, from our exactly. Etsy shop. It goes into buying hay. Echo does need to eat. Mm -hmm. That's everything for this week. We will be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Join us September 25th, 26th, and 27th for a three-day special streaming event. Strange Realities. To push the limits of your reality. Authors, academics, researchers, occultists, experiencers, podcasters, and practitioners. All presenting fresh cutting-edge material and research. Streaming live. Featuring presentations by Brent Rains. Editor of Alternate Perceptions Magazine. Aaron Gullius. Host of the Saucer Life Podcast. David Metcalf. Writer and researcher. Alan Greenfield. Author of Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts. Stephanie Quick. Writer and blogger. 
Red Pill Junkie 14, researcher and explorer. Tim Banal, host of Banal of America. Guy Malone, iconoclast and troublemaker. Timothy Ritter, host of Strange Familiars. Kiki Dombrowski, author and practitioner. Greg Bishop, author of Project Beta. Ginny Ashford, host of 13 O'Clock. Recluse, host of The Farm. Jack Montgomery, folk magic. Joshua Cutchin, author of Thieves in the Night. Reverend Michael Carter, alien contact experiencer. Dr. Future, host of Future Quick. Tony Kale, author of Memphis Hoodoo. Rin Collier, occultist. Soraya Ascap, host of Where Did the Road Go? And John Tinney, Ghost Stalkers in Hell. All three days, only $20. Tickets and info available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Brought to you by the Conspiranormal Podcast. Conspiranormal.com. Strange realities. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group, and we are on Instagram at strangefamiliars. This path it is not straight, though very narrow is its way. My feet they are not twined. To this long and lonely street Step by step The winding way Through broken heart To break of day Through soaking rain I stop at everywhere Sing a song Then start again
I may I will write my own hymns I am not yet hanged I will carve my own room Step by step The winding way to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.